0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto Thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, today's sermon comes from the book of Genesis, the story of Joseph. And as I was reading through the story of Joseph, two words kept showing up, kind of kept coming to my mind, the words up and the word down. They're all over the story, up and down. And of course, Joseph had a lot of ups and downs to his life. But for that matter, we all do, don't we? We all have our ups and we all have our downs. Maybe you're at an uptime in your life right now. Maybe it's a downtime right now. As I was preparing for this sermon, I listened to a sermon by a great preacher. He preached this two and a half years ago. Reverend James Forbes, one of the great preachers of our time. He preached a sermon entitled The Why and the What For of Your Life. And it's from that sermon that I got the title for this series of sermons that I'm finishing up today, The Why and What For of Us All. It was also from that sermon that I got the idea of how I wanted to conclude this sermon. And I borrowed an idea from him that we're going to do right now. The idea was that I would get you all to help me preach this sermon. Okay, So if you're going to help me preach this sermon, first you've got to know what to say. So there's two words that you'll need to say. The first word is up, and the second word is down. Okay, Now, if you're going to preach it, you've got to know when to say those words, right? So I'm going to signal you. So when I go like this, it means up. And when I go like that, it means down. Okay? So let's practice it. Just see if we're ready. Ready? Okay, now some... Now preachers... Sometimes preachers need the help of the congregation. You know, to have the, the, the ability to move forward with the sermon. Sometimes we just need your help. I'm going to need a little more help than that today. So let's try that again. There we go. And So you ready to get started? Okay, so hang on because I'm going to go fast. So here we go because the story of Joseph is found in the book of Genesis, chapter 37 through 50. It starts with Jacob, his father, who has 12 sons. Joseph's the 11th born, but the firstborn of the love of Jacob's life, Rachel. And so Joseph became his favorite child. Now, it's one thing for a parent to have a favorite child but Jacob told all the rest of the family that Joseph was his favorite. He even showed it, giving him special clothing, a, a cloak or a coat or robe of many colors. Now, Joseph was a dreamer. And one time he had a dream. And in the dream, he saw a field of grain. And in the grain, he saw one stalk that was... One stalk that was and, one, and the rest of them were bowing... And he knew what the dream meant. He knew that one day he would stand Up. and all of his family would bow Up. before him. He told his family that. <laughs> his brothers grew to hate him. And because he was the favored one, he didn't have to do the chores the other brothers had to do. One day all the brothers were out tending the sheep except for Joseph. And Jacob asked Joseph, go out and check on your brothers, see how they're doing. So he went out to check on them he wore his coat of many colors, which meant his brothers could see him coming. And when they saw him coming, they knew they had an opportunity to do away with him. And so when he arrived, they took that coat off of him and they threw him into a well. Now later, they took that coat, dipped it in an animal's blood, gave it to their father and said an animal had killed their brother. But back to the well, along came some Midianite travelers. And so they... They took Joseph out of the well and sold him as a slave. Midianites then took him to Egypt, where they sold him to Potiphar. Potiphar was the head of security for the Pharaoh. And Joseph did much good for Potiphar, so much that he quickly rose to become the head of his household. Now, one of the things I didn't tell you a little earlier was that Joseph was handsome. He was really good looking. And Potiphar's wife noticed him. So back to the story. One day, one day, Potiphar's wife made advances toward him. She wanted him to lay with her. But he was an right man. So he'd have nothing to do with that at all. But she was not going to give up. And so she waited for an opportune time when there was nobody else around. And then she grabbed hold of him and she wouldn't let him go. And he had to wrestle himself free of her. And as he wrestled himself free, she hung on to his robe and he ran out without it. Better to lose your robe than to lose your way in this life. Just saying, okay? But she was so angry that he rejected her that that she showed that robe to her husband, Potiphar, and said that Joseph had made advances toward her, which was a lie. But but Potiphar didn't know that. So he grabbed Joseph and he threw him into the dungeon. A short time later, there were two slaves of the Pharaoh who were also thrown into the dungeon. Each one of them had a dream, They shared their dreams with Joseph. Joseph was a dreamer. He could interpret the dreams. And so he did. He told them and he got it right. And one of them was exonerated and went back to work for the Pharaoh. A couple of years later, a couple of years later, the Pharaoh had a dream, a horrible dream. He couldn't make sense out of it all. But word got to him about this Joseph who was in the dungeon. And so the Pharaoh brought him in order to have him interpret the dream. And he did. He interpreted it with great detail, telling him about a coming famine and how he needed to be prepared. And the Pharaoh was so impressed with Joseph that he brought him to rule over all of Egypt. Joseph went to work preparing for this famine. And sure enough, the famine came. And when it came, Egypt was prepared. But the famine was far bigger than just Egypt. Back home, Joseph's family of origin began to suffer because of the famine. And they heard that there was food in Egypt. So they went down to Egypt, and then they got before Joseph, not recognizing it was him. They bowed before him, just like he had seen in that dream years before. And there Joseph was, with the opportunity to bless the very chosen people of God, people from whom centuries later the Messiah would come. Well, you all did great in helping me preach the sermon, so thank you very much, you did great. We're going to turn our attention to scripture as we hear a little bit of the end of the story of
1: Joseph. Mike. done this sir as Pastor Dave said this morning's reading comes from the book of Genesis chapter 45 verses 1 through 11. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him and he cried out, "Send everyone away from me So no one stayed with them when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, "I am Joseph!" Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land of these two years, And there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. This is, oh, excuse me. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me and you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds and all that you have. I'll provide for you there since there are five more years of famine to come so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. This has been the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Thank you, Mike. Joseph certainly had a lot of ups and downs to his life, but beneath all of the ups and downs of his life, he came to understand that the hand of God was at work, weaving all of the ups and downs of his life into the very purpose and plan of God. He stood before his siblings and told them, it is I, Joseph, your brother. Do not be afraid, for what you intended for evil, God turned into something good. He began to understand how deep beneath all the ups and downs of his life, God's hand was at work weaving together those ups and downs, weaving together the very stuff of his life in order that it be useful for carrying forward the very work of God. He understood that as he stood before his brothers and sisters, that God had been working in a way that would allow him then to make certain that the children of God and the plan of God would continue to unfold. As he stood there, he came to understand the why and the what for of his life. And as we look at the story, we can see how the hand of God was at work Through all of those ups and those downs? Why wasn't there water in that well he was tossed into? The hand of God? How did he end up in Potiphar's home? The hand of God? How is it that he resisted the temptations of Potiphar's wife? The hand of God? How is it that he knew how to interpret dreams? The hand of God? How did he end up ruling over all of Egypt, the hand of God? And how is it that he was able to stand before his brothers and his sisters, his family, with this opportunity to bless the chosen people of God, the people from whom the Messiah would be born centuries later, the very hand of God. Beneath all of those ups and downs of his life, the hand of God was at work weaving together all of the things that were happening in his life, moving it forward toward God's purposes and God's plan. And as I think about this story, I can't help but think about my own life. Certainly, I've had plenty of ups and downs in my life, and you've had a lot of ups and downs in your life, too. Now, I was born into a wonderful family, my great parents, and so that's all enough for me. When I was 19 years old, my grandmother, who lived with me most of my life, had a major stroke. Four months later, she died. That was a down. When I was 24 years old, I married my wife, Jerry. That was enough. Enough. That was enough. That was an up. (laughs) When I was 27, we had our first child. That was an up. And then we had some more children, some more ups. And then we had lots more children, lots more ups. When I was 29 years old, I had my own business, working in the woods outside of Flagstaff. I underbid a Forest Service contract. And because it was a contract with the the government, I I had to complete the work. And we about lost everything in the process, and that was a down for me. When I was 32 years old, I went to seminary. That was an up. But the first church that I worked at, it was a church that was broken, divided, and people were angry and mean to one another. So much so that six months in, I wasn't certain I even wanted to be a pastor anymore. That was a down for me. But I received some good counsel during that time, and that was an up. And I've served wonderful churches ever since, and every one of them has been an up. And as I look back over my life, I see lots of ups and downs. I've barely begun to describe all the ups and downs that I've had in my life. But as I look back over it all, I can see the hand of God that was at work, weaving together all of those ups and downs of my life, Along weaving them together with the very purpose and the plan of God, I can see the hand of God taking the stuff of my life and all those experiences and redeeming them and making them useful for the work of God. And let me be clear here I am not saying that all the things that happened in my life originated with God. We have freedom, we can choose. We can choose to do right, we can choose to do wrong, we can choose to do good, we can choose to do bad, we can choose to lean into the very movement of God, we can choose to resist God. We have freedom. We are not puppets on a string acting out some divine story that we have no real part to play in. We have freedom. And because of that, we can do the wrong things sometimes. And... Sin, by definition, is that which is contrary to the will of God. There's lots of things that happen in this world that are contrary to the will of God. God didn't have Joseph's brothers throw him in a well. That's on them. They chose to do that. God was there to make something good out of it. God didn't cause Potiphar's wife to try to seduce him. That's on her. God didn't cause me to underbid a contract. That's on me. And God certainly didn't make those folks in that one church act so badly toward one another. That's on them. But beneath all of those ups and downs of life, beneath it all, Still, the hand of God was at work. Taking these things that were happening and weaving them together into the very purpose and plan of God. Redeeming the things of our lives that they become useful for carrying forward the kingdom of God. It's the why and the what for of our lives. I think about the why and the what for of my life. Of all the ways that God's been at work through it all. And I know the why and what for of my life is, along with Jerry, to raise lots of children. That's a part of it. And the why and what for of my life is to pastor churches, this church. That's a part of it. And the why and what for of my life is to help a few preachers become more effective preachers. That's a part of it. And the why and what for of my life is to help a few churches who are struggling to become more vital. That's a part of it. I understand that there's a why and a what for of all that God has been doing and all that God has redeemed within me as I've gone about this journey of faith. It's the way that God works in this world and in our lives for a purpose. And God's been working in your life too. You think about the ups and downs of your life, all the experiences that you've had across your life, Now think about how the hand of God was at work underneath all of those things. How it is that God could take those experiences that you've had, the ups and downs of your life, and make something of them. And as you think about this, remember Jesus who was beaten down who was lifted up on a cross, who was laid down in a tomb, and how the hand of God was at work in the midst of all of that stuff, ultimately raising him back up again. And the why and the what for of all that he did has something to do with our lives. It has to do with redemption, the redemption of creation itself. Keep that in mind, for it's the same hand of God that was at work in the midst of Jesus, that was at work through the ups and downs of Joseph's life. The same hand of God that was at work in the ups and downs of my life. The same hand of God that's at work in the ups and downs of your life. And whatever whatever the why and the what-for of your life might be, know this, that God can take the ups and downs of your life, the good and the bad of your life, the successes and the failures of your life, God can take it all and make of it something that is beautiful that will make this world a better place to live. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen.